Karen causes a ski crash with skiing coach and blames the coach. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. Quite a few years ago, I worked as a ski school supervisor at a mountain resort. One day, early in the season, it's slow, so I decide to take a run with one of my coworkers. Since I've been on my skis a lot, I opt to grab my snowboard for this particular jaunt. This is important later. So, me and my buddy are out and about for a couple of runs, and it's time to head back in to check for lessons. We're down off the main mountain and just cruising along an easy green run that leads back to the base area. Like I said, it's a slow day, so there's nobody around. Or so I think. I'm making regular smooth turns on my board when out of nowhere I hear a woman from behind me screech. Get out of the way! Get out of the way! Before I can even flinch, I feel something hit the tail of my board. I get spun around and go down kind of hard. For a moment, the red rage light blinks in my head, but I think, okay, we're in a beginner area, she might not have had control. It was an accident, be cool. I pull myself up off the snow and calm myself down. I look down the hill and there are two Karens standing about 50 yards downhill. Obviously, one of them was the one that hit me. Cool, they've stopped to make sure I'm okay and apologize. I slide down to them and open my mouth to check if they're okay. Before I can even get one word out of my mouth, Karen once starts screaming at me. What the F do you think you're doing? You could have killed me. You effing snowboarders are a menace. You don't belong on the mountain. And on and on it goes. Screaming at me, cursing at me, calling me all sorts of names. One important note, there are a set of rules that govern skiing. One of them is that skiers and riders ahead of you have the right of way. Just like driving, if you hit someone from behind while skiing, you're 100% at fault. I try to interrupt politely to tell her this, but Karen is having none of it. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, F you, Karen. I'm tearing you a new one once you're finished yelling. I look over at my buddy for backup, and suddenly my rage-filled brain realizes something. My buddy's in full uniform. I look down, black pants, blue and gray jacket with the resort logo on front and back, bright shiny gold name tag that says supervisor under my name, and a radio clip to my collar. Yeah, I'm in full uniform too. At this point, I'm dumbfounded. Is this woman seriously screaming and cursing at two mountain employees after she just caused a crash? What? Then I get calm and hold out my hand for her to stop. I have no idea why, but Karen stops screaming. I reach up to the radio mic and call Ski Patrol. I ask them to have the patrol director on duty meet me at the base area. It's at this point that it finally dawns on Karen that she messed up. She starts asking why I called patrol and what I'm going to do. I just shrug. She starts saying she doesn't want me following her and to leave her alone. Again, we're almost inside of the base. There's nowhere else to go other than to follow the trail down. She realizes she's stuck and skis down with her friend. Her friend at this point looks mortified, by the way. We get to the base and the patrol director's standing there with another patroller. I give a recap of the events, including some of the graphic things she told me to do to myself and multiple family members. The patrol director rolls his eyes, then pulls out wire cutters. Karen goes wide-eyed and is like, No! You can't take my ticket! 
It's a five-day ticket. We just got here today. This is our vacation. Tickets are over $75 per day. So we're talking like a $350 ticket this lady has on. The patrol director just shrugs and says, Well, ma'am, then you just made a very expensive mistake. And clips the ticket. At that point, my coworker and I make a retreat back to the ski school because we want no part of the fallout. I still can't believe what a jerk she was, though. Yeah, I'm sure she really regrets that one. I feel like when you're on the beginner hill and you're out of control and crash into someone, maybe you shouldn't be blaming them immediately. Also, when you're cussing out a person that works at the place that you're visiting, it's probably not going to end well for you either. Of course, this is a classic Karen move, isn't it? I honestly hope for her own sake and anyone else who has to deal with her in the future that this expensive lesson had a lasting effect. This jerk bullied me, broke my nose, and shoved me into a locker. So I stole his friends and cut him off from easy grades. And now he's working a crap job. So I was flicking through Facebook when I remembered something that I did to someone in secondary school. Details are a little hazy, but here it goes. Back in school, I was several things. Awkward and weird in the extreme, bit of a runt, physically weak. Now, I had the fortune to go to one of the grammar schools in the UK. So, for the most part, nothing happened. But one person who I do remember sticks out. We'll call him Buttface. Quite possibly the meanest bully I ever had. He was always trying something against me. And as a result, I spent a lot of time in the library or with teachers. After all, I was sick of him constantly trying to trip me or trying to steal my things or make fun of me or, most annoyingly of all, trying to copy my work. I took great pride in my success. I tried not to let it show, but every once in a while, I would eventually break down. This persisted for the first two years. He always acted alone, perhaps because he was trying to not look like a jerk in front of everyone else. Anyways, after those two years, Buttface decides to shove me in a locker. Now, I'm claustrophobic and he knew that, and when I was trying to frantically resist, he left me with a broken nose. I was locked inside and was only let out when a teacher heard my pathetic sobs and pleas for help. He was suspended for a week. I spent some time in the medical room and a week later it was all resolved. Except for the resentment I had. Not cool. The teachers were off the ball and doing nothing to protect me. I wanted this guy to suffer. I eventually got my chance. In mathematics, I was one of the best in the class. One of his friends was sorely struggling. Now, I wasn't the most socially adept person, but I knew my math. When he ended up sitting next to me, I helped him out. Gave him pointers. His grades began to improve. He started helping me out with things like art. I didn't really improve much, but we forged an unlikely friendship. Anyhow, the compound effect of this was twofold. Not only had I gained some protection from Buttface, but I had also entered his extended group of friends. And this friend I had made started dragging me along to hang out with them during break periods. Within six months, I was friends with all of Buttface's friends. I always acted friendly around Buttface, never brought up anything at all. Buttface's friends were nice guys, treated me real good. I eventually suggested setting up study groups in the library, offered to arrange them. I asked about when everyone was available, and I always had things to do when Buttface was available. How inconvenient. As such, although he was invited, I made sure he wasn't there. Suffice to say, due to us studying together once a week, our grades in our weaker subjects started to individually improve. As for Buttface, 
Buttface, he hadn't put much work into his own success. Without his friends to mooch from, his grades started tanking. Suddenly, he was being real nice to me, trying to apologize to me in private so he wouldn't lose face in front of his friends. I told him my answer simply. This is the only exact phrase that I remember. You want to apologize? You apologize to me in front of your friends. This was now eight months after the locker incident. He told me he would apologize. Okay. Cool. I arranged the study group. This time he could make it and he gave his apology to me in front of his friends. I asked if he was doing this just for grades. After all, his friends knew his grades were tanking and ours were on the rise. Cue my friends flipping out, asking him very pointed questions about what had happened. In that moment, I'd cut off Buttface from his friends and taken them as my own. His former friends were quick to ostracize him. I breezed through the rest of grammar school. We went our separate ways at college, took different subjects, and the group disbanded. Why was I reminded? Despite not talking to any of these guys in almost a decade, I found Buttface on Facebook, and it asked if I knew him. I had a quick look on his profile, very few friends, and working a deadbeat job at 26 as a cashier, and no one from my old study group was a friend of his. I really don't feel bad for that jerk. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 
Yeah, neither do I, really. Sounds like he kind of just got what was coming to him. And I understand there might be some people who think that this was going a little too hard. I mean, it seems like maybe he was a decent guy and for whatever reason was just picking on this one kid. But if that was the case, he would have been able to make more friends afterwards. It really does just seem like maybe he was just an unlikable jerk. And maybe our original poster was doing his new group of friends a favor by outing him as one. Either way, I can't say I feel particularly bad about this one. At the end of the day, you reap what you sow. After I convinced my parents to let my homeless boyfriend stay with us, he cheats on me. When I was 16, I met an older guy. Let's call him Tom, through some friends of mine. He was 21 and had his own apartment. It was like we met and instantly started dating. My parents weren't a huge fan of his, but they are super liberal and believed in letting their kids learn from their own decisions slash mistakes. We dated for about two years on and off. Tom worked odd jobs, but had barely graduated high school and was admittedly not very bright. In fact, he was kind of a jerk. He would call me names or make fun of me in front of his friends or ignore me when I was upset. He also would talk to other girls without trying to hide it. But if I texted a guy from band class, you better believe I heard about it. I liked him because I was dumb and 16 and honestly, to my 16 year old self, he was really good looking. Well, it seemed Tom had a secret. He had joined the National Guard at 18 and after basic, he got to go home for a short time because his mom was very sick. Well, I guess his mom recovered very quickly, but Tom never let the military know. Instead, he moved to dresses and jobs often, so the military couldn't find him. Eventually, the janitorial company he worked at found out about this and fired him. So, Tom was homeless. Guess who convinced her parents to let him stay with them for a while? That's right, me. So, I would get up and go to my senior year of high school, and my 23-year-old boyfriend would sleep all day and hide from my dad and didn't do much but drink. This continued for a month or so, and one day, Tom asked me to drive him to a friend's house and said there was a party, and he was going to stay in that town. About a 15-minute drive, just for the night. I had school in the morning and had known these friends for years, so I said bye honey and kissed him goodbye as he got out of the car. That is the last time I ever saw him in person. The next day, he was going to continue to drink and stay in the other town with his friends. I was busy, so I just said whatever. It wasn't unlike Tom to drink for three days straight, then come home and crash. Well, on the third day, his best friend called me and said, Original poster, uh, Tom's cheating on you. He met Jane at my house party the other night, and he's been staying at her apartment even though she knows about you. He told me he wasn't going to tell you and to see how long he could get away with it, but I knew I had to tell you because you don't deserve that. I was very upset. He was my first boyfriend and he'd broken my heart. I called Tom and begged him to come back, but he just refused and said he was with Jane now and that I was insane and a head case and that we never even really dated. That's what he was telling that girl and her friends. That I just liked him but never dated him. I called the girl and tried to talk to her, but she just kept calling me pathetic and that I never dated Tom. Like I said, Tom lived with me. Everything he owned was at my parents' house. From snowboards to books to all of his clothes to some furniture. Literally everything this guy owned was at my house. So when I was done being sad, I was mad. I called Tom on the fourth day and told him that all of his things were on my porch and that he could come get them when I was at school. 
I said he had one day to get his stuff or it would be gone. He laughed at me and said he would come get it soon. Well, I came home from school and it was all still there. So I loaded everything up. Cleats, a stereo, clothes. I mean, everything a person could own into my car and brought it to Goodwill. Took me and two workers about a half hour to unload it all. I think they thought someone died because they didn't ask at all why all a person's stuff would be donated. The next day, Tom calls me and says he's coming today and I better not start any drama because he was bringing Jane to help him get all the stuff. I told him not to bother because I gave it all away. He flipped out and screamed, calling me every name in the book, and had his new girlfriend come there alone to see if I was telling the truth. My dad told her to get the heck off his porch or he'd kick her butt himself. Like I said, liberal. Tom called the police and they laughed at him. They knew he was 23, formerly AWOL from the army, he'd been arrested several times, and staying with his 18-year-old girlfriend. It's a small town. They said if I told him to come get it and he didn't, then it's his fault. My friend that had called me originally was the one who drove Tom to Goodwill. The employees there also laughed at him and wouldn't give him anything. Tom was also super broke, so he couldn't afford to buy anything back. The friend told me later that he had to act concerned while with Tom, but that it was one of the funniest and most pathetic things ever. Watching Tom beg Goodwill workers for his things back. Never saw Tom again. But he later impregnated Jane twice, and then she moved in with their kids into a battered woman's shelter temporarily, and then gave the kids to her mom, then checked into a psych ward as a direct result of Tom's abuse. Last I heard, he was in jail again. But good riddance. Screw that jerk. Yeah, this guy sounds like a real piece of work. Age difference aside, and trust me, that's the thing that's bothering me most about this story, The way this guy was treating his girlfriend was just absolutely deplorable. She's literally the only thing holding your life together. And apparently you treat her like crap and then ditch her the first chance you get? I really don't understand how the mind of a person like this works. It has to just be an immediate gratification thing, right? He was getting something somewhere else and figured he was just going to roll with that for the next little while? I have no clue. Either way, sounds like our original poster dodged a huge bullet on this one. And thank God for that. Am I a jerk for not letting my stepdaughter take a shower? My stepdaughter is 15. I'm a 34-year-old female. My stepdaughter lives with us full-time because she doesn't like being at her mother's house ever since her mom remarried due to there now being four small children running around. I have two sons myself, but my kids don't bother her and they live together peacefully, so there's never been any issues here. She is the entire finished addict to herself and she loves the space. Her mother does not pay child support. She refuses, stating... She chose to move out on her own, so I'm not responsible for her financially. And for whatever reason, my husband doesn't push it. I've told him to several times, but he outright refuses. Despite knowing it costs us an extra $900 plus a month, and we can't afford it. The reason why it's so much extra money having her here is because she insists on taking 45 minutes to an hour and a half long showers twice a day, and uses up all of our hot water. She says the scolding water is the only thing that helps her anxiety, and I get that. But at the same time, all the rest of us have gone without showers because she uses all the hot water multiple times. And now I'm forking out hundreds more a month in hot water cost. I'm fed up. 
I've spoken to her father about it, and he says that since it helps her anxiety, I need to leave it alone. But I refuse. I'm the one paying all the bills and have been for six months following my husband's knee surgery. And I refuse to spend this much anymore. Or go without showering myself. Since he outright refuses to bring his ex to court for child support, and outright refuses to speak to his daughter about costing me hundreds extra due to her excessive showering, I took matters into my own hands. She was walking to the bathroom with all her stuff last night after already taking an hour-long shower not even three hours prior. And I stopped her in her tracks and said she wasn't taking another shower and she wasn't showering any more than once a day from here on out and no more than 30 minutes maximum. She just turned and walked away. She didn't come down for dinner either. My husband went up to speak to her later and apparently she was crying, saying she couldn't calm down because I wouldn't let her shower. He lost it on me and said I was purposely causing his daughter harm. I told him until he either gets child support or until he's healed and goes back to work to pay the extra, then this is how it's going to be. And if they try going against it, I'll be setting the hot water tank to a timer and going from there. I'm the only one with the keys to the hot water heater, so they can't change it. He says I'm being controlling and going to cause resentment. Am I the jerk? (sighs) Yeah. I would say yeah. To be honest, my main issue here is that we know that this is her source of relieving her anxiety, which must be pretty severe if this is how she has to treat it multiple times a day. But all our original poster seems to be seeing here is the inconvenience that it seems to be causing her. And I get it. It sucks. And to you, it doesn't really make sense why she needs to take three showers a day and why they need to be so long. But I feel like instead of just cutting her off and leaving her to feel desperate and even more anxious as a result, that maybe some other options should be explored first. No other external effort was made to help her. All we cared about was taking away the thing that was helping her because it was inconveniencing you, which is a textbook jerk move. Surely if we sat down and had a reasonable conversation with her, she would understand that all of these hot showers do have an impact. And that you're not just being cheap or anything like that. Surely if it came down to three hot showers a day or a roof over her head, she would choose a roof. Being able to pay for your mortgage and all those other things is a top priority. And maybe a little bit of time with the family, doing some other kinds of activities would help to relieve her anxiety. I just feel there were many, many other ways that this situation could be handled. And most of them would result in everyone involved being a lot happier. Also, you can't hold it against your stepdaughter that her stepmother doesn't pay child support. She has no control over that, and it seems almost like you're punishing her for her mother's actions. And if you're not punishing her for her mother's actions, then you're punishing her for your husband's actions, for not going after his ex-wife for the child support that he's supposedly owed. Either way, the person who's suffering in this instance is not the one who caused any of it, and not someone who has any control over any of it either. All around, I just feel like we're being really insensitive about the whole issue. I feel to the other parties involved and for others looking in, this really does feel like an attempt at maintaining control. Please, take a minute and reconsider how you're handling this. Like I said, there's better ways. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.